You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. The Jeff Fisher Show is on. All right, you're always going to be a day late and a dollar short. If you're a girl, yeah, I wanted a boy. If you're a boy, I always wanted a girl. Those are things you may have heard from your parents. I know I did. And so did Mike Edison, who's joining me now, publisher, musician, radio host, and author of You Are a Complete Disappointment. That's your latest book. Is that Are those words you actually heard, Mike? Uh, yeah, you, you bet, bet they are. They were, in fact, the last words my father ever said to me. And uh, no kidding. Yeah, no kidding. It went down just like that. He was in a, in a hospital room in Arizona. It was Father's Day. I went out to, to visit him. I live in New York City. I went out to Arizona to visit him. Uh, I knew he wasn't doing that great. And he said to me, oh, I'm glad you're here. There's something I've been meaning to tell you. He, you know, he had his oxygen mask on, and the tubes were like, shooting out of his arms, and all this, you know, buzzing and beeping and all this equipment. He says, come here, a little closer. You've been a complete disappointment. And, you know, like, like wow. And he was just getting started. Just, I, mean, I mean, that was just the beginning. He said to me, said to me you're broken, and you need to be fixed. And you think you're a hotshot in New York writing books, but you're not. No one wants to read your crap. Wow. And uh, yeah, and then he said to me, he did like a nice pause, and he said, and you're the only person in this family who is fat. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, are you me? I mean, are we the same person? That is oh, unbelievable. Man. So, and well, you know, I love you, you too, what, Dad. What, what, I was to say, what are you going to do? I mean, you can't swing back. I mean, it's a dying man. I mean, the guy's lying in bed. I mean, you just got to sort of take it on the chin, right? Or you bend the oxygen tube a little bit and say, excuse me, I didn't hear you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. He, 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 he didn't he need my help. You know, you know, I, know. I mean, I mean they, they basically carted him off to die after that. So, and, you know, I mean, we're, we're laughing, and that's okay because, you know, tragedy plus time equals right, comedy and all that. Right, Everybody sure. like, laughs when I tell the story. Sure, I mean. You are, you are a complete disappointment. What you mean, like a like a like a Mick Jagger solo record? Right. But that's now you heard that from him as he was on on his deathbed, obviously, as you said. But I mean, when you were you know younger, um, did you you grew up with your folks? So I'm, I'm guessing maybe he told you, you know, eh, you really need to. Yeah, it was it was it was uh, a tune I had heard variations of yeah. my whole life. Uh, you're never going to make it. You're not good enough. When wow. uh, I was a kid and I started playing uh, the drums, what are you wasting your time with that for? It's you're never going to make it. You're not you're not musical. You're not good. But you know, <laughs> it wasn't too long after that. I, I was you know on tour all over the world, opening up for the Ramones. So people clearly do, had something going on. People and don't know I, what good music writing, is anymore. Me, no one's going to publish your, you. No one wants to read your stuff. And you know, it obviously worked out otherwise. Um, it, it's tough. I mean, the story could have could have ended otherwise. You know, I mean, it has a happy ending. The happy ending is, is me. You right. Know, I'm, I'm a happy cat, but, uh, 
Well, boy, oh, boy, I'm hearing from lots of people who told me their parents were pretty rough on them. Ah, why aren't you as smart as your brother? Look at your, your – get a job like your sister. Look, be a lawyer. Be, be a doctor. You know, whatever. <laughs> but um, That's almost a book in itself. We should probably just do that book. Uh, just oh, have people tell us their uh, their stories with their parents telling them what a loser they are. Yeah, well, you, you know, you know, there's an old joke um, about uh, the, the woman, uh, the first woman president, the first woman Jewish president, and she's and she's up on on, on the steps of um, of the Capitol, you know, being sworn in. It's inauguration day, and her mom's in the audience, and she turns to the fellow next next to her, and she says, "See that? See that woman up there?" Up there on the steps of the Capitol, the one with her hand on the Bible, the guy next to her says, yeah. And the woman says, yeah, her brother's a doctor. <laughs> exactly. And it's never good enough That's for something. Never good enough. Exactly. So you, Mike, all right, so this is the latest book. I want, we'll hawk the book here for a little bit, and then we'll move on a little bit because you've had a fascinating life. And I would love to talk to you a little bit about uh, some of your travels other than just being called a complete disappointment by your father. I mean... <laughs> I mean, who hasn't had that done, Mike? Seriously. Um, so I can get it. Uh, it's up on Amazon. We can get it at your website, uh, MikeEdison.com, anywhere that books are sold, I'm guessing. That's right. Wherever better books are sold, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, MikeEdison.com is my website. And also on my website, there are tour dates. I'm out now on the road uh, bringing the message to the people. I'm like a, the troubled troubadour of tomorrow. Nice. Just uh, com- coming from town to town, uh, telling the story. And I, gu- I guarantee if you show up at one of my gigs, it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. Well, listen, the price is so low, we can't mention it on the air. So, uh, you've, <laughs> you've we had- make it up in volume. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can. So, I mean, all right, look, you've had a fascinating life. You've for years you talked about uh, uh, for years. I mean, for quite some time you were known for your uh, uh, participation in high times and marijuana. Um, are you surprised where we're at in America now with marijuana? I mean, this is what everyone was hoping for almost. Uh, I, I think I think it's pretty pretty great. You know, uh, I used to say when people asked me when I was the publisher of High Times, people would say, "Do you think marijuana is going to be legalized in our, our lifetimes?" And I used to think. That it would be per se legalized, meaning they would stop busting people for it because people would realize the war on drugs was a, was a big loser, and that it was really you know the, the price was so high, the price of people and people's lives was so high that they would just stop prosecuting it. Well, I guess what I failed to see is that someone was going to realize they could make money off of it. You know, you, you know, I mean, I forgot yes. that. I was always I always figured that politicians were always going to be afraid to say, "Hey, let's legalize pot," because. The next guy is going to say, look, you soft on drugs and make it about the kids. Uh-huh. Look, he wants to give drugs to kids because that's, that's what they say, right? And now it's not too, uh, it's not uh, so soft on drugs. It's, uh, oh, man, they're putting way too much tax on it, bastards. Uh, <laughs> um, well, you know, it's not, it's not legal in marijuana, but we've got a mayor who basically stopped busting everybody. Right. So it's still the, it's still the underground economy. I mean, for the record, I don't, I don't smoke that much pot. I had this. You know, you know, reputation because I was the publisher of High Times and I wrote for them for a long time. And I am very pro pot, but I'm very anti slacker. Oh, there you go. Uh, I, I love you know, you for that. and that, that was always the problem over at High Times. You know, it was like Groundhog Day over there. We'd have the same meeting every day, every day, because no one could remember having the meeting the day before. Right, because it's full of slackers. <laughs> Come on. Come on. But, um, you know, I like being part of the culture, though. I think it's, I think it's important. I think that voice is very important. Can we just clearly, run this? Clearly, they're on the right side of history. Can we just run the same picture of the Hawaiian bud this month too? That'd be great. <laughs> okay. Um, yes, absolutely. Now um, you're uh, you're gonna you're on the road. You're on the tour. Your website's going to show you on the road. So when we when we uh, when you're hearing this uh, today, 
you're going to be uh, out on the West Coast in San Francisco uh, spreading the Mike Edison love. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're doing a Friday the 13th in San Francisco at Books Inc. and Opera Plaza and uh, Oakland uh, at the Nomadic Press Space, cool little indie indie site. We're going to be shaking it up on, on Saturday, uh, the 17th in L.A. Then we're coming back to New York City, the Upper West Side, Barnes & Noble. It's all, it's all on MikeEdison.com. We're going to Chicago, Milwaukee. I, you know, I'm a musician. I love being on the road. I like... Uh, you know, bringing it out. If you're in a band, that's what you do, right? You that's go, right. You go, to a t- you go from town to town, and, and you shake it up. And, Let's talk uh, I'm a- bringing my piano player with me, and I've got some great local musicians joining me. Uh, I, I, I think book readings can really suck. Author events can really suck. And people hear book reading, and, like, you can't, you know, they're already asleep before you're even done talking what you're going to yes. do. So yeah. I'm really, really trying to turn that all concept of what a reading and be on its head yeah. and, uh, you know, try to, try to keep it exciting. You know? That sounds uh, fun. We were, were just out in San Francisco. I was just out in San Francisco a few months ago, and uh, wow, that was the first time I'd ever been there. I don't know how many times you've been to San Francisco, but they had it was uh, over the Super Bowl extravaganza, and uh, they had, uh, in parentheses, cleaned it up, and uh, it really didn't appear to be uh, that cleaned up. So uh, <laughs> while you're out walking around, Mike, um, just be careful where you step. <laughs> oh, I see. I well, mean, it was I'll almost worse than New York. I, I, I love San Francisco. And uh, I was out there, though, a long time ago, 1984, and I was with this punk rock band from, from New York, and there were a lot of protests that summer. Ronald Reagan was being, uh, was the Republican convention was in San Francisco that summer. The Olympics were in L.A. Ronald Reagan was being uh, nominated for the second term. Uh, and we, were, we were out there. We were playing gigs with the Dead Kennedys. and It was just pretty happening. It was a great right. was Oh, my gosh. I was 18 years old or 19 years old. And I, I was uh, double parked outside someone's house up in Haight-Ashbury, and a cop pulled up behind us, and he saw that the car was filled with hippies and punk rockers, and he wrote me up, not just for double parking, he wrote me up for reckless driving. It was like a zillion points in my license. <laughs> and this is what he told me. This is the best part. He said, he said, you should leave San Francisco and never come back. <laughs> and I was thinking, like, what, what is this, high noon? But you I'm, know, I'm, you know, I'm here. Some viewer comes and leave San Francisco, leave town. Never, never come, come back. back. It's so funny. Every time I go back to San Francisco, I know it's been 30 years, but I'm afraid I'm going to run into that cop. I'm, what did oh, I tell man. you? I told you don't come back. I told you never come back. <laughs> never come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you saw some hippies in San Francisco. It must have been really shocking. <laughs> I had uh, never come back. Speaking of running into someone, I always think I'm going to run into my uh, uh, one old football coach who told me the football helmet was worth more than I was once, and I keep waiting <laughs> to run into him to have him told, I told you. Told you that helmet was worth more than you. <laughs> yeah, the people we run into. It's uh, you know all, all my all my high school teachers who told me about my permanent record that was going to follow me throughout <laughs> my entire life. They're like, well, without that permanent record, I never would have been hired at high times. I guess. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, all right. The, my permanent record is on the air every day. You all see it every day. It's all part of the deal. All right. So, um, well, also one of the things that okay, so you're on tour with the Dead Kennedys. I mean, there's a fascinating group themselves. You were touring with the Ramones early on. You mentioned them. I mean, my gosh, man. There's some characters in both those bands just by themselves. Yeah, I was very fortunate. I came up playing rock and roll music in New York City at a time that if, that if you were good and you, you were sharp and if you, you worked hard, uh, you know, had something different, you could really make it. It was hard yeah. to be in a band. Being in a band in New York is hard. I mean, no one has cars. You, you can't set right. up the drums in your house. You have to go someplace to rehearse. It's like nearly impossible. You know, you, there's no one has a garage or a basement. Right. Um, it's really hard in New York. But if you're, 
you know, there's a barrier to entry to really just be in a band in New York. It was tough. It's not an environment like like, like Orange County where you're living in you know, suburbia. That's why the punk rock from there sounds so much different than the punk rock from here. Um, but we did it, and uh, we got lucky, and someone said, hey, you guys want to you know, go to go to Amsterdam and make a record? Well, we'll take you to Berlin and London and Paris, and later I got to go to Tokyo and, and all these great places. I mean, never mind going to Seattle and L.A. and New Orleans and Austin. Right. You know, it was great, and it all because, uh, you know, I, I basically because I did everything my father told me I shouldn't do. <laughs> so it's almost, I mean, it's, it's good that you were a complete disappointment. Well, if there was anybody who was a disappointment in that relationship, sadly, it was my dad. And, you know, yeah. I don't want to give anybody the wrong idea. I know. I mean, the book, the book's kind of, I mean, it, it, it's heartbreaking, you know, to be told that by your parents and discourage your children. And the book's very funny, I hope. I know people tell me that they've been laughing out loud. You know, a lot, but also I'm getting nice notes from people who are, are crying because they say, my God, this is like my parents telling me that you can't, you shouldn't, you know, and dashing your dreams. My father once told me, he said, I hate you because you are living your dreams and I've never lived mine. Boy, doesn't that, isn't that make so much sense for and so many so people? it's so sad. To, I know. You know. It's just like, and he died screaming and yelling. So, you know, how, you know, what did I, I mean, he was a very successful guy. He, he made some dough in his life, but by following the straight and narrow and this very parochial set of rules, but really, where did it get him in the end? If you ask me, it bit him in the ass. Because if you go out screaming at your kid, you've got some seriously unresolved issues. Boy, no kidding. And I mean, there are all of us are you know are going to end up looking back saying we wish we would have done something. Um, you know, I I don't know what that is for you or anyone else, but I mean, we all know what it is inside our own head, and it's too bad. I mean, I well, hope you don't. I hope you personally, for me, I hope you don't. But I, I'm pretty sure I will. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a frustrating time. Well, you know, this book is about being the person that you want to be, not the person you were told you should be. And I, well, what I know about people dying is they don't usually say, oh, I regret doing this or that. Right. They say, I regret not doing this. Mm-hmm. I, I regret, you know, not, you know, whatever it is, spending time with the kids. Or I always wanted to go parachuting. I never went to Paris. You know, whatever whatever it is. And what's weird in this life is most fantasies are actually achievable. It's really weird if you put your mind to it. I've heard so many people putting up walls for the dumbest things. I've always wanted to go to Paris. So go to Paris. Go. You know, I mean, meanwhile, I mean, they're spending their money every year. They go to Disneyland with their kids or they're throwing money at something else. But what's holding you back from anything? You know, any, any fantasy, any sexual fantasy, any rock and roll fantasy, it, it's most of it's achievable if you just ask really nicely. So speaking <laughs> of speaking of sexual fantasies, um, you've written a number of uh, uh, sexual fantasy books. Oh, and, uh, yeah, 20, 28 pornographic novels back in a I love you for previous that. life. I love you uh, for that. <laughs> my, one of my first jobs when I, when I uh, uh, dropped out of college the first time, and I, and I landed... Uh, this job, you gotta, you gotta understand. People say, "Oh, yeah, it was before the internet. This was before there was videotape." Right. I mean, <laughs> okay, you were which was, yeah, you were looking at really, uh, eight. You know, everybody eight, thought it was cool to have the eight millimeter film reels. Eight millimeter was was the thing, I guess, at the time. I mean, I mean, VHS tape was just sort of coming up, and of course, you know, I mean, that's 
pornography drove that technology, right? Of course. I mean, I mean, the whole world waited for the porn world to say VHS or beta, and when they picked a VHS, that's where everybody went. Yeah, that's and, correct. You know, and personal computers, streaming technology, pornography invented it all. You know, you have uh, social media was invented by pornographers to put a bunch of perverts in touch with each other. But back <laughs> in the day, it was paperback books was the delivery system, and I. And I got this job. I wrote a book a week. I wrote a novel a week. And I'll tell you what, that, that's how I learned how to write. I mean, to write on deadline and to, uh, to really sit down and just zoom along and, you know, pace and meter and, and to get it done and to be disciplined. You know, if you're, if you're hungover, screw it. Sit down and write. You're, you know, you got a problem at home. The girlfriend broke up with you. Put down your head and write. You want to, you know, go get stoned or, or play hooky and go to the ball game? Forget it. Got to write your book, otherwise you don't get paid. It was it was a great lesson for me. Wow, to, uh, a book a week, a book a week until I burned out. I there were some periods where <laughs> I kind of um, let it go, but uh, yeah, twenty. I got about twenty eight books over the course what? of about almost a year. A book a week. How many? How many? What? How many pages are you looking at? How many words are you looking at for a book a no, week? No, there are like forty thousand uh, page page uh, books, uh, forty thousand word books. You know, they were they were pretty, <laughs> a big type. Right, 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 right. <laughs> no, 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 no pictures, though. You know, there were real paperback books with beginning. Oh, and Mike, ends. don't tease you know, yourself. Real, you know, conflict and resolution was very important. Don't put your, <laughs> don't put yourself down, Mike. The pictures were all just in the words. It's okay. It was, it was, it was, it was a different time. Yeah, know? no question about that. Okay, so now, I, also, I'll, before I let you go, we'll talk. Uh, we'll let you uh, talk a little bit about. Um, tell me a little bit about your podcast and what uh, Arts and Seizures is about. Oh. Well, thanks for asking. Arts and uh, seizures, as I, as I like to say. Um, we're on the Heritage Radio Network. It's heritageradionetwork.org. And it is just like it sounds, um, arts and seizures, not arts and leisure, like the New York Times. Um, and it's a no-holds-barred rock and roll, sex, drugs, and rock and roll kind of show. I, I co-host it sometimes with my friend Pete Zaremba, who's the singer of the Flesh Tones. And we've had... That's wow. a great guest, sir. They can from like pro wrestlers to local artists, poets. We had, I think, the best is we had Bobby Keys from the Rolling Stones on just before he died. And for me, as a as a fanboy, as a rock and roll fanboy, that was just the greatest. You know, Bobby he was a saxophone player, right, for the Rolling Stones, and he was such a gentleman. He, uh, he you know, he, he wouldn't talk, uh, he wouldn't say anything bad about uh, the Stones while we're on the air. But the second the mic was off, oh man, he tore <laughs> <laughs> You know, he, you know, we had a few of them, and boy, he hated. That's great. He hated Jagger. Like, you know, screw him. You know, he, you know, he, Mick wanted to pay him like a hundred dollars a night. And I'm talking about like now, right? Like, not, not like in 1966. Let's give like now. <laughs> That's hilarious. Now, speaking of uh, wrestling, now you've got me on. I happened to read. I came across. I didn't realize this uh, that you were a huge fan of uh, Hulk Hogan and uh, Hulk. I, no. Whoa, I used I used Hogan, to see Hulk. Enemy, that stupid lumbering yellow doofus. I used that's, to see him. I used to I'm see like, Hulk quite a bit uh, when I lived in Florida. He and uh, his one uh, son went to school with my son for a while in Florida before that, and they pull, they pulled out of the school uh, right when they were beginning the uh, reality show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, after that, I really didn't see him much uh, after that. However. Um, he is back in the news again with his lawsuit uh, and winning the 140 million, and now he's re, uh, you know, building up another lawsuit against Gawker, and he wants more money from these bastards, and it's just a never-ending battle. I think enough is enough from Hulk. Well, 
I'll tell you what, I think Hogan owes me $130 million for having to watch him, you know, like lumber around the ring wearing that belt that he didn't earn for all those years. You know what Roddy Piper told me one time? He said, Hogan's such a jerk that he wears his spandex when he mows his lawn. Uh, that is absolutely probably true. I mean, the reality <laughs> yeah, show showed us that, right? Yeah. On my first, the cover of my first book, I Have Fun Everywhere I Go, which talks about high times and uh, the days I was working in the wrestling business and stuff. There's actually a picture of me strangling Hulk Hogan. Oh, see? See? I root for the bad guys. I can't help it. I, I like the heels. You know? It's <laughs> the, the, the good guys in wrestling were never that interesting. No, they never were. You no. Know? They never were. All right, Mike, I know you're you're busy, and I, I, I've kept you a while, so I'll let you go. But Mike Edison, thank you very much. MikeEdison.com, the new book. You're hawking. You are a complete disappointment. And just always remember that. Take that with you. All right. The, you are a complete disappointment. Thanks, thank man. you. It's been great talking to you. Mike, I appreciate yeah, it. On the road. This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. 